Hello, my name is Maurice Harker. What you're about to listen to is a clip from a live training session with either an individual or a group who are anxiously engaged in recovering their marriages. Please listen to several of the recordings in this podcast, and then, when you are ready, seriously consider attending the live weekly trainings from your home via webinar. My ability to provide enough individual and marriage therapy sessions has become very limited, so I created the marriage repair workshops so I could serve more people at a lower cost for you. So please, when you're ready, investigate your options at www.lazaruslectures.com. That's L-A-Z-A-R-U-S-L-E-C-T-U-R-E-S.com. I look forward to meeting you and to serving you well. I would love to play a part in decreasing your pain and increasing your happiness. See you soon. We get rid of the idea of equality because equality is not helpful. Think about it like two basketball players. You have the guy, the big man under the center. You have the guy on the, on the edge. And if the goal was, well, we have to shoot the equal number of baskets, we have to get equal number of points, we have to do equal number of holding the ball, already you can see how that would be a mess. If the goal was equality, then we don't really have a building synergy. What they do is they get together and make a plan. And they say, you're really tall and I'm really short. I'm fast with the ball. You're slower with the ball. You're stronger than me. I'm smaller, et cetera. So they start going strengths, weaknesses, strengths, weaknesses. Let's see how we can synchronize those into a harmonized system. We have the blessing of information from prophets that give us an idea of how this synergy works when it's at its best. And as a man, I will tell you that when I focus all of my attention on presiding, providing, and protecting, I really like life. I really like it. I'm really happy. I don't need anything from my wife. I don't need any love. I don't need any attention. I don't need any encouragement. I don't need her to say good job. Now, I appreciate a nice slathering of that on my cookie. Okay. I will never say no thank you to anything like that, but I don't need it. I can function for a long, long time if I wake up every day and think, how can I preside? How can I provide? How can I protect? Now, let's make sure you know that with this voice tone I'm using right now, it might sound like I'm successful at that 24-7. Okay, let's be clear. I'm not, but when I do it right, I really like it. Included in that process as a presider, provider, protector, I walk around my kingdom, my terrain, and I check and see how are the chickens? How are the zucchini plants? How's the corn? How are my plants? And I don't ask the corn plants, what do you need today? I do not ask the chickens, what do you need today? I do this really weird thing where I observe. The chickens don't have food. Ah, I am a smart man. I will go and I will collect some food for the chickens and I will throw it to those chickens and they will have food. And I took care of the people within my stewardship without even asking them questions. Now, what do my chickens give me? What do my zucchini plants give me? What does the corn give me? What do all these things give me when I take good care of them? Am I manipulating them? Am I being selfish? Am I going, okay, I'm doing this just so that you will do this for me? No, I'm prepared for the possibility that a storm will wipe it out. Bugs will wipe it out. I got it. I am a happy farmer, not because of my harvest. I'm a happy farmer because today I farmed. That's why I'm a happy farmer. Because I left my house today and I listed out my work and I did my work. 
And at the end of the day, I put my head on my pillow and God said, well done, my good and faithful servant. But I didn't eat any zucchini today and I didn't eat any chickens today and I did not eat any corn today. I didn't get anything from all of my work. And oh my gosh, I have to wait three months to get any food off of these plants. So I'm not going to be happy until I can eat the food. No, that's dumb. So what's supposed to happen is I'm supposed to preside, provide and protect and bring that part of the element to this relationship in its ideal celestial form so that the plant can focus its attention on growing and thriving and growing and thriving and growing and thriving. Now, what does that do for everybody if the plants have the highest harvest? If the nurturing is at its best, how does a woman feel when she has the latitude? I've never been a girl before, so you're going to have to tell me how this feels. How does it feel when you have enough safety and security that you can focus your attention on nurturing everything around you? When you have the mental space to think of how can I nurture a child? How can I nurture my neighbor? How can I nurture my mother? How can I nurture my husband? Pioneer woman mode is built upon the idea that you do have to do the presiding, providing, and protecting when there's no man psychologically, emotionally, or physically present to do so, which is why that's a terrestrial or lower level functioning style. You all have an instinct that it should be different. It should be better. So when you don't have a man available to you to play his role, then you have to take the energy that might have been used to maximize your your nurturing capability and move it over to protecting, presiding, and providing for your own safety and security. Now, how much do you move that dial? That changes every week because he might have done better this week and then worse the next week, and then a little better and then worse, and then better than worse, then better than worse. That's going to move all over the place. And your own force, season four work is what's going to help you clarify that for this next chunk of time. So for the next week, here's what I'm going to be doing. And here's what I'm not going to be doing. I forget sometimes that I need to clarify that what the actual definition of the word presiding is, is frequently distorted into creating some kind of an imbalance in the male-female relationships. So women leading, not celestial. No, there's a beautiful video done by church headquarters where they were documenting, I think it was about four months ago, three months ago, the the leadership participation of women at church headquarters and the role they play, et cetera, et cetera. Presiding is not controlling. The New Testament gives a hint. Let he who is great among you be the servant. A healthy presider is so focused on serving that they don't actually look like a leader. Let me try to give a couple other examples of it. You, you have to make sure you you take any twisted version of, of male domination, of female subjectiveness, and any distorted version of that, by definition, is automatically not presiding. The only thing that is allowed to be classified as true presiding is a service-based, edification-based harmony, where one of the key elements to knowing if you're doing it right is the woman involved feels glorious, edified, meaningful, valued. Every thought she has is treasured. Every feeling she has is considered. Every phenomenal insight she has is incorporated. It's not There's no control in it whatsoever. I started to taste the concept when I was watching 
ballroom dancing. Little story behind this. I'm from Idaho, a little bit of a knuckle dragger, wrestled seriously through high school, was on the football team, first string bench, cracking skulls, banging heads. I was a violinist for 10 years, so I had a little bit of refinement in me. I got home from my mission and a girl from BYU invited me to go down and watch the BYU ballroom dance competition. Wasn't really that interested, but she was a cute girl, so I went. We only went out once, never saw her again, but I could not take my eyes off of that floor. Now, don't mock me due to my Neanderthalness, because some of you have always known the beauty of ballroom dancing that's done well, but I've never seen anything like it. The orchestration, the beauty, the, f- the, the skill, I, it was blowing my mind. I couldn't, I couldn't, con- I, I know enough about human dynamics to know that there's no way what they were doing on that dance floor was on accident. The orchestration was absolutely phenomenal. And so the woman I married has a history in um, ballroom dancing. I don't. And as I talked to her about what I had seen, she said there are two types of men that you really don't want to dance with, the over-controlling and the under-controlling. And I'm like, wait, what? She goes, yeah, a man who's over-controlling, too rigid, you can't move, you're trying to dance, you, you can't figure out what's going on, he just controls things too much and you can never get in the flow. And I says, well, then why the under-controlling? Because if you're dancing with an under-controlling guy, you don't know where he's taking you. Don't, you don't know what's coming next. You're, you're kind of getting mixed signals, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm all, well, how much space is there between under and over-controlling? She says, about a millimeter. And I'm all, what? And this gave me a hint on what it means to preside correctly. You've got one millimeter to get it right. Because if you over-control or you under-control, you've now lost your presiding label. We talked about it a little bit more to understand the purpose of a ballroom dance in order to see the beauty of ballroom dancing. It's all about the woman's dress. Think about watching ballroom dancing. If the woman didn't have the kind of dress that she wears, then, and and she was just wearing a similar outfit as the man with the just tight pantsuit or something like that, you would lose 90% of the beauty of it. So as they're moving, what is the man doing? What is the man doing? Leading That's a really weird word. I was interviewing a a woman who's a dancer not too long ago where you have to like send signals, but you also have to read her signals. You have to know the messages she's sending you and maximize her gloriousness. You got to move things in such a way that she can actually spin her dress because if she can never spin her dress, it's not truly ballroom dancing. And she's got to be able to shift her weight. She's got to be able to move her feet just right. If your feet are blocking her feet, if you're tripping her up, if you're messing up her rhythm, notice all of this revolves around the man concentrating on maximizing the woman in the story. Presiding when it's done correctly is careful concentration to maximize you. It's finding how to bring your sense of humor to the service, finding a way to bring your intelligence, your wisdom, your beauty, your uh, adorableness, et cetera, et cetera. Hello, you've just finished listening to one of our episodes of Memoirs of an LDS Therapist. It's important to me that you have a chance to get more and more of these principles. We kept this brief because you probably have a busy life, but there's so much more. So please listen to the rest of these episodes and look for ways to apply them to your life. And ready f- when you're ready for some deep and complex training, please look us up at lifechangingservices.org, specifically the marriage repair workshops 
and the Lazarus Lectures. I look forward to seeing you in those more advanced trainings.